Alright, welcome to the Try Thoughts Podcast. Today for Friends, I was joined by my good friend Chelsea Rowe. We talked about weightlifting, eating disorders, diets, the problems of obsessing over body image, and equality versus equity. As always, we talked about a lot, a lot more than just those things. Stay tuned for more episodes like this in the future. We have a lot of episodes in the works, so you hopefully never run out. I proudly wear sun-dried cycling and triathlon kit for all my endurance challenges. They do the best cycling jerseys in the game, in my opinion, and for the listeners of this podcast, you can get a permanent 50% off all your sun-dried purchases by entering the discount code Josh Tucker at checkout. That's T-U-C-K-E-R, Josh Tucker at checkout. Okay, that is everything. Enjoy, and as always, on the loop. This episode is brought to you by Perth SMRT, a sports physio and remedial massage therapy clinic owned by my good friend Anthony Burns. Based in Perth, Scotland, I've been working with Anthony for over a year now to rehabilitate my triathlon and running injuries and to keep me ready for all the endurance challenges that I like to put my body through. He recently completed a 22-hour mountain bike ride with me. He's legit, he's hard as nails, and he knows his shit. Go visit perthsmrt.co.uk or perthsmrt on Facebook and Instagram. You can book sessions directly through the website. It's super easy, and I simply can't recommend it enough. Okay, that's me done. The rest of this episode is completely ad-free. Don't worry, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm good to go. I'm all good. We're starting. Yeah. yeah, I'm currently five seconds and oh, seven seconds. It's time for an ad break. <laughs> Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing phenomenally. Yeah, I definitely just haven't woken up and um, I made a cup of tea and jumped straight back into bed. But I, I apologise for being very late. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was you know mostly what, my fault. You know but... what I like? Because at the moment I ride Deliveroo, so I'm technically like self-employed, and it's really funny because because I don't like go to a job, and I just kind of go out the door when I want to. I haven't been late for anything in in ages, in like months, um, <laughs> because everyone that I hang out with is also extremely loose with time, and so I'll be like, should we meet at nine? And then at nine they'll be like, oh, let's call it ten, and um, <laughs> it always ends up off by a couple of hours. Uh, so I apologise. No, it's but absolutely fine. I appreciate when you're like, oh, I'm seven minutes late. I'm like, seven minutes? That's not even, <laughs> that's not even a thing, really, is it? <laughs> yeah. So how do you find Deliveroo? Is it quick? I always thought it was a good way to sort of mix employment and fitness. Yeah, it's super fun because it pays, like, if you divide it out to an hourly rate, it's always pretty reasonable. So there's never, like, any, I say it really depends when you work. If you work around like meal time, it's always a really, really reasonable uh, like wage you're on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, like if you're having a bit of a shit day and you just think I want to go home, you can, which is amazing. Um, I think for some people maybe like the um, the lack of uh, kind of projected income or like the lack of stability probably winds them up quite a bit. Um, but I don't really mind. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really concern me. Money's money's the last of my last of my concerns. I, I much prefer having like time just to do stuff with, which is very cool. But no, I'm really lucky. I like it. Yeah. yeah. What? If, yeah, you. We were talking last night. I don't. 
I hope you don't mind me bringing it back to this about social media because you went off social media for six months. Yeah. And I went off social media for a month last year. And you were saying like that you found that you were like less motivated. Yeah, I suppose like like I was saying, I think that's like a bit of a product of our generation. Like you would think that having all that extra time not using social media, uh, I would be more productive and more motivated. But I think, sadly enough, having a like an audience <laughs> and B. Um, also watching other people sort of going out and getting after it. I'm not sure what it is, but we're all after it anyway. Um, Sort of does motivate me in a way. And I think like I utilise it a lot more positively than I used to. So I don't have things on my social media feed that, you know, mentally affects me or like I I don't look at something and think, oh, he's a right tosser. Like I just eliminate all that. So it is primarily quite motivating and positive things that I see yeah 100% I think yeah I was thinking about this and you have a uh, you have frozen by the way on the on the screen it's been sort of blank for a while has it yeah you're, you're oh, sort of stuck in this just... position <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not me stuck that's just me this is my comfy position actually there's um... one hand and another one as long as you can hear me, we're all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. For anyone listening, sadly, you can't see the video. This is very true. But, <laughs> hey, it's not something you really want to see anyway. It's me completely <laughs> just woken up. Um, yeah, that's social media. I was, I was thinking about this, and I think we live in a really dichotomous world where it's like something's good or it's bad, and there's very little in between. And it's like... Um, I know, you, uh, this probably laps over to fitness quite a lot, but um, the idea of like, oh, if, you know, is this workout or is this style of workout, whatever, is it good or is it bad? Like, is running good for you or is it bad for you? Um, and the same with social media. It's like, well, it, it's in between, I think. It's like, it can be, it's a tool. It can be used really harmfully, but also it can be used for good. Um, yeah, I, I really like what you're saying about like filtering out shit off your feeds because a lot of it sometimes you don't even choose it's like suggested i don't know if there's a thing on facebook where it's like you liked this so you will probably like and it comes up and it's just oh it's always just absolute shit um yeah definitely and especially with like there's i understand it can be an extremely toxic place like if you just google social media like the first things that come up are like multiple studies have shown strong links between heavy social media and increased risk of depression anxiety loneliness self-harm and even suicidal thoughts yeah but i think like a lot of that is probably just going to be a martial with oneself so like if you're looking at things and it's making you feel like that surely that's a more deeply a deeper issue than you just looking at things on social media right. It's a symptom, not the problem. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's so much fakery on there and people faking these astronomical achievements that aren't really even that amazing. They're just bigged up to be amazing. And it can give you a feel like a low feeling of self-worth, really. And I feel that I don't maybe it's just me, but I feel always like the most badass people in life are always the most understated. Like I follow quite a lot of ultra runners and there'll be one that's like, Oh, went out for a, for a really nice stretch of the legs this morning. 
feel great, you know, lucky to, whatever, lucky to be alive, and they've gone out for like a hundred mile run, and you're like, what the fuck, no hashtags, <laughs> no plugging, just, yeah, man, they're just, they're just out there, and I love it. It's, yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah. I think as well, when I deleted social media, I was worried that I came across like a narcissistic sort of self-absorbed person. And that's not why I posted on social media or like used social media. Mm. And when I went back on, a lot of people were like, oh, like we missed like your content, you know, we always found you like quite funny and uplifting. And I, I, you know, it made me like feel really like well in the sense of like, oh, well, like I feel bad that I kind of just left and didn't tell anyone. I um, missed your content. I was like, no, what's happening? Because <laughs> I, I do just try to, like, I'm not, like, an overly people pleaser, but I try to, like, you know, just keep it really lighthearted as if I was just talking to somebody, like, my friend. I don't change myself to be on it. And I think I kind of just missed the, like, camaraderie between, like, me and, like, obviously I have a like, small following, but, like, there, there's a lot of banter on there that I miss, to be oh, honest. Your, do you want to plug your Instagram handle if you want more followers? You'll get a whopping three from the people that listen. No, no, absolutely not. It's not about. I've actually made it private because it's not about growing it. It's about just sort of enjoying oh, the right. sort of like social aspect I have now. And I think especially with lockdown and not being able to go out and sort of socialise as much, it is a useful tool when used properly. Yeah, hugely. Um, we were saying as well, like. Yeah, we were chatting last night, and I was saying about how, obviously, the amount of time that you spend on it is is obviously quite an issue. Like, too much is bad, obviously. But when you take it away entirely, you find yourself with an obscene amount of spare time. Yeah. Like what you fill that with, because you you can fill it really well, but then you can just fill it with. I think what I'm trying to say is. Taking away social media is only half the battle. What you replace it with is the other half. You know, so you can, like, drop social media. Okay, wow, good for you. But, like, I don't know, if you're filling it with just exactly. reading... Yeah, what are you going to fill the time with? Celebrity gossip magazines. You're not really doing yourself much of a favour. Yeah, like, I the thing about social media as well, is, this is terrible, don't judge me. I had no idea who Elon Musk was. <laughs> I don't know what's I'm happening. Really proud of you for that. That's ter- more people, yeah. That's terrible. And then when I came back on social media, I don't, I don't even know what they achieved. But now I know who like Elon Musk is, and I've been reading all these articles about like, um, like regeneration and new cancer cells and things. And these are yeah. things that I wouldn't have the like tools to access this information had it not came up as a thumbnail in my social media. So yeah. when I had like a lot of extra spare time from not staring at my phone, sometimes I was just staring at a wall, and I can tell you, like right now, what is a lot more mentally stimulating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have any like enlightenment or like Buddha Zen moments staring at a wall? No, I literally. I suppose like I learned a lot more to live in the moment. So I feel like when you yeah. on social media, you're looking at things on the internet, you're thinking about achieving those things and you're looking a lot more into the future or reflecting on have those things happened in the past Mm. whereas when you don't have it you do live a lot more in the moment because you don't have those external stimulators i was fully expecting you to come back from six months hiatus and be like josh let's go to nepal i've got i've got i've got the secret i found it i've I've sussed it i'm still trying to figure out what it is everyone's like it and i'm like what is it what is it (laughs) 
someone yeah. oh someone it was a completely unrelated brutal joke someone said around me the other day i was hanging out with some friends and um oh, I don't, is, is this too far nah probably not and we're, <laughs> we're joking around and then one of my friends says to the other friend they're like oh yeah you know yeah you, you've really got the it factor and by it i mean you're you're a weird clown who likes to taste the kids <laughs> <laughs> Right, that came out of nowhere. Well, that was pretty good, so nothing is steal it. At least we now know <laughs> what it is, so... <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, can we jump entirely? Yeah, of course. Okay, sick. Let me say as a friend, you are looking shredded. You oh. do a lot of weightlifting. <laughs> Thanks. It's really scary. What, how, why, how did you get into it? Where are you now? Where do you want to be? Gold, everything. So I think um, I had a back injury about coming up to three years ago, and I had like slipped two discs, and I was only yeah, I was only like nineteen, and um, I felt yeah, fell off a horse and like got posted through a five bar metal gate, and my leg kind of just went like obviously no one would be able to see this, but like it like windmilled over, and my disc just went bloop. and that was, it was quite scary because I was actually up and walking for a few days and then I went to a chiropractor and she'd done some manipulation but an hour after that I just like dropped to the ground I couldn't move my left leg at all. Christ. And so I went to hospital and um, yeah, they had to stick a finger up my mum and all that fun stuff. I peed myself, all, all the good things of back injury. <laughs> I went That's for an, um, <laughs> Sounds a lot more yeah. frightening what it is, but basically just the two, it was called like bulging discs. The two discs were just so inflamed with the uh, trauma that they were pressing on my sciatic nerve and it was just causing a lot of pain and uh, sort of lack of sensation. So I was just in the hospital for about a week and they gave me loads of anti-inflammatories and as they went back in, sensation came back. I was super lucky, but had... I'd been stronger and fitter, you know, that probably wouldn't have happened, maybe. So right. that was a bit of a reality check. As a kid, I was super fit, always running, always in the athletic team, swimming, skiing. And then yeah. from the age of, I don't know, like 17 to 19, there was like a two year period where I was just inactive, eating badly, drinking, like doing all the rebellious yeah, yeah. teenage things. Yeah. I was a bit of a troubled teenager. <laughs> and, then, and then I just started going to the gym. And then I decided I wanted to get into the military, so I started getting really fit. And then I failed my medical. And then um, when I was in my personal training course, there was a guy, and him and his sort of like partner that had just opened this CrossFit gym were doing like the training course. And he was like, "Oh, why don't you come to the gym? You like to like swim about and do mad shit." And that's that's what we do. Yeah. So then I kind of started doing CrossFit. Um, but I just like gained like too much fitness too quickly over that like two year period, and I sort of just gave myself a few injuries. Um, So I kind of focused more on the Olympic weightlifting side of it and I just like enjoyed that and started to make like progress quite quickly. Um, So I'm kind of just trying to stick to that, see come what may. (laughs) It's a weird world we live in, certainly. Yeah, I was was really into like the idea of going to the RAF regiment um, and I was for like eight months or something. and then I realised that actually, no, I just wanted to cycle around the world instead. So <laughs> just wanted to cycle around the world <laughs> so instead. Back to States, but so yeah. are you going to cycle around the world? Yeah, that's the plan. So next September, I'm mm. gonna, a date and everything. That's so exciting. Yeah, I do. We'll see how it goes. Um, 
Will it be like via roads or like um, mountain biking? Uh, I'm gonna take a really modified gravel bike. Um, just I think that's the most versatile in terms of getting round. The planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like like loads of people have done it on a road bike or a mountain bike or anything in between. But I think like a gravel bike is fast enough to be able to sit on roads if I want to bomb through a country. Just mm-hmm. to sit on a normal road and just you know get the fuck out of there. But it's also robust enough that if I want to take more trails than roads, I can I can kind of do that. Yeah. Well, at least that's the idea. Um, What's the time scale on this? Yeah, it's <laughs> including rest days and and like quite a generous amount of rest. Um, it should take about a year and a half, which is quite a long time. A commitment. <laughs> Yeah, I was asking people if they wanted to join actually the other day because I, I really want to set off with someone. I think it'd just be a higher level. Like if you're with someone, there's always a less chance of you quitting. Um, but if you go out for a long run by yourself, you get to 17 miles or whatever, or I don't know, 10 miles, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's long. I've done it. I'm good. I can just I can stop now. Because if you're with someone and you've said I'm going to go to 26, you know, it's much harder to much harder to shit out as it were yeah um, definitely and um, i was like oh do you want to go around the world they're like yeah when's that i was like well you need to commit from a year from now and then for a year and a half <laughs> they're like oh hell no that's way too much financially it's a really big commitment as well say that again i think like just financially it's quite a big commitment to yeah 100%, disappear and it's you and there's lots of people who are, who are after whatever they want in life, and 100%, I'm all for it, go for it. You know, it's like, if you're not into the idea of cycling around the world, then, if you're not 100% into it, then, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's a tough one to, to get, to really get hyped about. Um, yeah, so at the moment, it's just a lot of work, a lot of saving. It's, it's, it's really fucking boring. It's like, it's not... <laughs> I've told people I've told a few people and I don't know it's like I think they were quite surprised that it's not more glamorous like coming back from work and like pouring over maps on my kitchen table or whatever and it, it's really not it's just slowly buying kit saving 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 more saving figuring out what visas you need it's like <laughs> yeah no it's a lot of planning to endure especially in this economy um, hmm. like crazy I'm stuff I'm definitely but... going to try and I think work while I'm while I'm travelling or at a certain point. Yeah. Because I think that'd be sick also just to take a break. For um, someone like you as well to like just sort of go around the world, like you're one of the lucky ones, you've got the gift of the gab, you're so easy to get on with and you like excel in like <laughs> anything you do. I don't know about that. I hope that's true. There's plenty of people who wouldn't agree. Like <laughs> the gift of too much gab. <laughs> well, getting on with us more going for but <laughs> It really depends. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely sidetracked there from, from fitness. Um, but at the moment, like what you said, you're focusing on like Olympic weightlifting and everything. Where where are you at with that? And do you have any goals that you want to take that to? So, <laughs> um, it's quite a difficult one. So right now I'm a complete amateur. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm still learning. In fact, I have a training session. I've just sort of like recently invested in like a personal trainer who sort of does Olympic weightlifting and, and yeah, CrossFit. Um, so I'll go there, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into the police. That was my like backup from the military. Um, yeah. And that's been like in the works for a year now, but because of COVID, etc., it's really backlogged. Right. Um, so in terms of weightlifting, I have loads of time just now, but you know, with talks of I was going back into lockdown on Friday, you know, it's a bit like not not scary, but not not great. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I hadn't heard that. I was checking it last night when you told me. I was like, no. I'm not sure long. if Aberdeen will be infected, but definitely Greater Glasgow and surrounding areas will be going into this like sort of higher tier. Um, but that's that's like kind of sidetracking. But basically, right now, you know, very early stages of it still complete amateur and I'm not sure how far I want to take it I definitely do want to do some competitions I feel like this is like my chosen sport now <laughs> I don't really yeah. I don't horse ride to any standard anymore I just have a horse as a pet really how is your horse he is beautiful he is just a big therapy weighted blanket he's just the best <laughs> I really want to meet I really want to meet your horse you should he's a hundred percent he is. I feel like they'd be tight. I'd be best buddies. You definitely would. There's just something so. No matter how bad anything is or how sad I am, if I go and see him, it's just like he just sucks all the badness out. Yeah. He's, I think animals are really. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole other discussion. Well, maybe we'll hit after. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you should never like bring animals, up my horse. I will like go into. <laughs> mental health and yeah. Yeah. You just never um, ask a horsey person how their horse is because it just sidetracks. Nah, I love it. I just felt bad. I don't want to keep interrupting you. I'm like, oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. It's okay. I'm not really that interesting. but um, Far from it. Furthest thing. Amateur weightlifting um, is fun. But it means every time. It's so funny, though, because I am that like kid that's like in the gym, starting to make progress. People are starting to look like, oh, she's quite strong for a girl. Um, like, you know... Like, that's, that's quite impressive. And I'm like, yeah, massive, doing so well. In the grand scheme of things, I am so far away from being at the top. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I've seen your Insta. You're lifting some heavy shit. But then, so for example, like, I'm trying to think of a, a athlete that I aspire to be. Matt, Matty Rogers. She's an American weightlifter on the Olympic team. Okay. You check her out. She is insanely strong. So, yeah. like, my maybe, like, my best cleaning jerk is, like, 70 kilos. And hers is, like, I don't know, 150. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I feel that in terms of before you were at the top, comparing to it is really futile, like, if I compared my marathon times, I was talking to a, a, a friend that I met recently um, who rides the Liveroo and he's like a, a running coach and super cool. Um, and I was telling him about my marathon times and he was like, I reckon with enough good training and everything, you'd get down to like a 3.30 by the end of the year, which would be super cool, super exciting. But for me, that's like, wow. I was like, wow. I never thought I could even run that time. But if I compared that to like Elliot Kipchoge, who did yeah. a 1.59, that's like, almost two hours slower. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, I get, I'm not, it's not I'm comparing myself. I think it's just like, it's good to humble yourself in that way. 
hugely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Massively. Is it? Yeah. I don't want to be like I'm the, like in fact one of the most inspiring things like Tony for example, yeah, used to say, like whenever he went somewhere because you know he can be a bit of an anxious bean sometimes. Whenever he goes into the gym, he's like I'm the biggest, I'm the strongest, and I'm the best at everything. That was the mindset he had when he went in places, and that deterred any sort of like worries he had around him. Yeah. And that's super so, like, when I'm lifting something in my head, I'm like, I'm the strongest man in the world, going for gold right here. And then, as soon as I put that back on the floor, I'm like, I'm so small, help. <laughs> aerobic capacity is insane you know you are yeah but what you know it's not exactly going to help me if you know i'm running from evolutionary survival value i'm running from a, a lion make it 10 miles oh and there's a fence and that's it i'm buggered can't get over the fucker yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah whereas you could just turn around and just rip it you know rip the fucking thing to shreds <laughs> sneeze it down <laughs> I'm a very I'm a slow runner though, so you know, like if the line was there, I'd just be gobbled up. I wouldn't even make it to the fence. <laughs> nah, rubbish. I could, a half marathon. Maybe I'd eat the eat the lion instead. Save <laughs> it. Um, are, you, are you vegan? Am I ve- No, I'm not. I'm not vegan. I eat um, uh, a bit of a tough subject because as someone that studied nutrition and is really big on nutrition and sort of sports performance I think like meats are essential but I also I'm really trying to like veer towards like global health as well so I only eat sustainable meats you know local meats like British meats I don't eat anything that's like imported from outside the UK um well I you know I'll eat like continental cheeses things that are brought in from Europe but I, I don't think that's really destroying the planet to be honest um yeah but I and I have massively cut down on the amount of meat that I eat. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Um, have you seen the documentary Game Changers? No, so I, I haven't either. I try not to sway, like so evidence that I've been taught via really good sources that have educational backing behind them and sort of mm. educational boards that I'm awarded for that study essentially like you know it's proven it's not like someone's opinion it's just factual stuff yeah i don't want to like watch game changers and be like but lewis hamilton eats plants so i'm going to eat plants and you should eat plants and everyone should eat plants (laughs) yeah it's we definitely live in a a post-truth world um where whoever shouts the loudest opinion becomes fact um, which is slightly problematic for a number of reasons, goes without saying. But um, I think in certain arenas, it doesn't particularly matter. Like politics, maybe whoever shouts the loudest, that's fact. Okay, well, you get what you want. Whoever shouts the loudest gets voted into office. Okay, cool. You know. But I think, and obviously that's a gross oversimplification. There's usually much more behind that than just that. 
but I feel on certain issues it can really be enormously problematic where it involves people's well-being. So, like, when it comes to, like, diet or nutrition or, like, exercise, like, where people's health is, at, like, is on the line, like, not the economy, but, like, their direct health. Yeah. Whoever's shouting loudest is facts, no matter how wrong they are. It's like, holy shit, that's really scary. Because, um, yeah... <clears throat> I just, yeah, they can go wrong in so many ways, especially if you've got a vast number of people who are essentially putting their body at risk by following some kind of exercise or diet or some, you know, something that isn't sustainable just because, I don't know, it got 100,000 likes on Insta. It's like, it, it really scares me seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's like, for example, the biggest one. Is like for me that I have a deep hatred for is like the keto diet. Okay, interesting. I don't know much about it. It's basically where you cut out carb carbs. You have about sixteen grams of carbs a day, and just to put that into perspective, um, I eat about three hundred and twenty grams of carbs a day. I like just remember you every day at work you would have a soaring loaf (laughs) and you would just eat it like a baguette (laughs) literally carbs are just so important and the keto diet just eliminates them soaring if you're listening and you you want and you you know you've got space for a sponsor and there's (laughs) and I don't understand as well though because there is like so many studies um like tailing the keto diet back for reduced athletic performance. What? Explain that to me. So, like, the keto diet is like marketed as this like diet that makes you like eat all your fat instead of and grow muscle, and it's like super anabolic. Okay. And then you use like fat as your main source of energy, and it makes you really strong and big and massive and all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. But. It has been linked to reduced athletic performance, like if you actually read about well, it. I was going to say, surely for anything endurance space, that's really dangerous, right? Yeah. Like, especially a lot of like ultra runners, like ultra, 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 like long distance, they're not particularly lean because they, you know, when you get to 60 miles, ain't no gel saving you. You need... You, know, <laughs> you, you need essential body fat. <laughs> yeah. So, like, going into it with no body fat is really probably quite dangerous, I'd imagine. I feel that there's, like, a stigma against fat, where it's, like, fat is bad, or this is bad. It's like, well, no, it's not. Too much of anything is bad. Mm. Too much fat is bad. Too much fucking salt is bad for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it really kills me. It's, like, it's an obsession with being lean, and it's, like, it's not necessarily always the best thing for your, for your like, full health. A hundred percent. It's something I've always struggled with as well, just being, you know, classically a young female. And I've always been sporty, apart from obviously that couple of years during my <laughs> my troubled teen years. But, yeah. you know, like, when I was at school, I was so obsessed with, like, being the skinniest. Like, I would run to school, I would eat for days, now I would, like, binge. And then yeah. I would, like, run back from school, I would run at home. I was just constantly running. And realistically... I don't even know how I was still like in the sports team. Like I should have been on the floor, 
yeah. <laughs> and I look back now and I'm like I, I just I don't know how I done that and I was so skinny and like unhappy and then yeah. those like years where I did gain weight it was the first time in my life where I like looked down and I had like fat on my body and it was like it sounds really narcissistic but it was hard to deal with you know especially yeah. in a society we live in I was like I'm disgusting yeah. and then I got into fitness and stuff and sometimes I look at like other girls in the gym who like work out just for aesthetics and you know they look so athletic they're so lean and they've got their six packs and their juicy bottoms and but they have no absolutely zero athletic output right it's just really important to remember yeah and for me like I'm getting to the point now where it is just performance over aesthetics. I, d- I don't want to be overweight. Um, yeah. I also, I don't want to be underweight. But, like, for me, I have, like, my sort of set weight. I have, like, quite an all-in approach where I eat intuitively. Like, I eat if I'm hungry. If I'm sore, I'll eat a bit more. If I've had a day where I've been full of energy and I'm recovering well, you know, I won't eat as much. And for me, like, that happiest place is usually between, like, the 18 to 20% body fat range is where I have my highest athletic output and also still look yeah. moderately toned. Whereas a lot of people, it's like, oh no, I need to be down 10%. And for a female, that's going all the way down to essential fat. And if you, right. I don't know if this is too strong of an opinion on the female body, but if you drop your fat there's, so low... There's nothing's off limits on this, on this show. <laughs> if you drop your body fat so low that you stop your period, which happens to so many women... You have, like, like your sole purpose as a female on the planet, biologically, not anymore in this society, is to reproduce. So if you can no longer reproduce just because you want to look good, like, you cease to exist. So I I just, you know, (laughs) it makes no sense to become underweight for aesthetics. And it's become so normalised. Like, being fat is now normal, and being so skinny is also now normal. There's not really a massive happy medium there. Yeah, I mean, you're you're exercising to a point, or you're obsessing with a certain aspect of fitness to a point where you've actually sacrificed normal bodily functions, which is um, nothing, it cannot be taken as anything less than a severe indicator that something's wrong right definitely like if i went to the if i went to the gym so much i don't know i don't know if this can happen but whatever, like i stopped peeing that that's an indicator that something's Rubbed wrong meliosis. that's not like a, oh thank fuck you know that's like i'd be like holy shit um I, i'm really glad you brought it up though because i feel there's there's a huge, huge, huge difference and a very misunderstood one between, like you said, aesthetics, looking good, and fitness and health. Um, you know, well-being is everything. It's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, if that's what you're into. Um, it, it's everything together. It's not having a six-pack. That is one very small aspect of health. And I remember, you know, when I first, first started getting into triathlon, and I was kind of like really getting into my first Ironman um, 70.3, like the first one I was actually like trying to get a good time for. And um, I seemed really fucking obsessed, like you say, with, with like, yeah, with like body fat percentage and especially like visually aesthetic. And it got really, really, yeah, it's, you know, I'm really lucky, I guess, in the fact that it never became like a proper eating disorder. But I had to like actively catch it, you know. 
And I remember talking to someone about it, and they said, or afterwards, because I think it's a lot harder to talk when you're actually experiencing it. Definitely. Um, it's easy to reflect on it. It's really hard to talk about it at the time. Yeah, 100%. And I remember them saying, triathlon is a fucking race. It's not a, it's not a beauty contest. Yeah, 100%. Whoever gets to the line first wins. Everything else is irrelevant. How you look is completely subsidiary to the point, you know. Um, and that, for me, changed everything. You know, I was like, it sounds so simple, but it's like what you look like is irrelevant. You know, go off data. Go off, you know, what's your mile time? What's your splits? What's your run off the bike? What's your, you know, that's what matters. You know, and also more, you know, even that doesn't matter so much. Right? You know, if you're ill and you're having less, like, what matters is being healthy and happy. Um, everything else, that comes later. You know, I, uh, yeah, I, I feel really passionate. Like, I hugely resonate with what you're saying with that. Um, and I feel that people get into it for the wrong reason. It's like, if, if you're getting into fitness to, to lose weight, great. By all means, you know, crack on. Well done. And I'm not taking anything away from people who do it, but, it, you know, if you're losing weight through fitness, it should be so that you're happier or so that, you know, you, you have better well-being. It shouldn't be so you look a certain way. Um, at least I'm a firm believer. And yeah, it, I think there's so many people maybe who, who have been kind of, not even forced, but maybe influenced into getting fit. Yeah, definitely. Based already on entirely the wrong reasons. And so, as a result, you know, it's like, you know, you, you can almost predict it. It's like, there's going to be burnout, there's going to be, you know, probably eating disorders or, you know, body image issues, and then depression maybe, and then dropping it entirely, and then going back down to a heavier weight, and then the cycle starts again. Yeah, and sustainability like, is absolute key. And that is like, again, sort of, lessons in athletic maturity which we all like I still have a lot to learn in but I'm still bad of like I'm still really bad for burning myself out (laughs) like if I have a good day in the gym I'll be like shit I'm gonna lift massive every day this week and I know it's not good for me but you know I'm feeling good so I want to do it and I need to grow out of that as well the burnout is it's it's a balance isn't it between like uh, I know you and you've got a really high work ethic when it comes to fitness. There's, there's, no, there's no denying it. But it's balancing work ethic, I guess, with with like longevity or knowing what's good for you in, in the long term future. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> for the last eight months. I simply haven't had the work ethic for training, and so there's been no risk of me burning out. Believe me, I've barely been able to get off the couch, <laughs> which is um. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's good to change up, it's good to have a rest, but, yeah, it's a strange one. What's, can I ask you, like, what's the fittest you've ever been, would you say? Do you have a point where you'd point to and be like, that's it, or is it just a very progressive journey? Fitness is uh, entirely subjective, I suppose, so right now I'm the absolute strongest I've ever been, Hmm. but I'm not cardiovascularly as fit as I have been yeah 100% so you know right now I'd be like I'm making masses of progress sports specifically but I I wouldn't be able to run a 22 minute 5k as I was last year you know I also weigh at like another 
eight kilos more, so <laughs> it would be uncomfortable to bash out a 5k at that, at that speed as well. Yeah. Something else I wanted to bring up, because I know you, you, you know this, but it, I was talking to someone who didn't, and it, and it kind of wound me up a bit. The distinction between weight and body fat is massive. Like, if people are like, oh, I want to lose weight, it's so non-specific. It's oh, like you can lose weight by losing muscle. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the biggest problem. Like, when I lose weight now, I, I panic. <laughs> it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think people who are obsessed with the idea of getting on the scales, it's like, I need to be lighter. It's like, no, you fucking don't. You need to have less body fat percentage to a healthy extent, like you said, not going too low, where you, you know, you're sacrificing bodily functions and you know, you're fucking introducing eating disorders and everything. You need to be at a healthy body fat percentage and you need to stimulate muscles and you need to have a healthy heart. So maybe go for a jog. You know, Definitely. It, it kills me when I see people who are like, oh, you know, especially even just a term like obese or it's like it's so bullshit because you know technically you know you go to your scotland rugby team i bet you that every single one of the you know the the props there or any basically any of them apart from like the skinny ones that run really fast along the side i don't want to rugby. is that is that a winger yeah. I, I believe it's a winger <laughs> yeah that's the one everyone apart from them in terms of relative height to weight are gonna be obese that's they're the 50 <laughs> most capable rugby players in Scotland. Obesity, to be fair though, so I refer to BMI. When it comes to athletes, BMI should go out the window. I'm almost overweight on my BMI, but I'm 19% body fat at the moment. So, you know, I'm obviously not overweight. But with obesity, like the term does have to be chucked about now and it's not to like shame people into losing weight. But we are in a pandemic of obese people, essentially, especially in Britain and America. And it is becoming normal for people to, like, you would be so surprised how small a person has to be to be obese. And that just shows you that these people that are huge, the, like, astronomical amount of food that they eat to be that size is, is ridiculous. You know, it's an eating disorder, it's a mental disorder. Have you ever seen like a six hundred pound life or anything? No, I haven't. Are you you familiar with the like sheer size of like people that I'm trying to refer to? I think yeah, I've seen like body body transformation videos of like people who are like severely obese and then like over three years before like lost an insane amount of weight. Yeah, so that's like great, but some of these people are too big to even stand up, and I mean this is like you know on the very sort of end of the spectrum of obesity but even if you are like four stone of of fat overweight not of like muscle you are putting your body at really high risk of things like heart disease stroke cancers like heart attack as well and we are like we put so much strain especially in the UK on the NHS just from not looking after ourselves right so like I have like A, because it has become quite normalised. Like, my mum, like, you know, like, some of, like, maybe her friends or whatever. I hope she doesn't hear this or any of her friends hear this. A couple of them are fat, you know? 
they don't eat well, they don't exercise, they are overweight to the point they're obese, but they're not particularly large. But if you took their composition, they would be classed as obese. You, you know, you get overweight, obese, clinically obese, and morbidly obese. Okay. And my mum would be like, oh, you don't need to lose weight. Let's just call her Karen, right? I don't think she's got any friends called Karen, so we'll go for that. You don't need to lose any weight, Karen. There's no pick on you because it is normalised, especially in their generation, whereas Karen needs to lose weight or she's going to have a stroke. Which comes back to the, the Damocles sword of body image, where it's like, as long as you look okay, you're healthy, which has absolutely nothing to do with it. Exactly. And as you know, it, it seems conflicting because I've been like self-positivity and everything. But when it comes to your actual health, where you're putting yourself in a predicament through just like bad choices of eating bad foods and not exercising... I kind of struggle to understand that it is like like self-harm isn't normalized you know people know it's bad to hurt yourself like you shouldn't make yourself bleed you shouldn't want to do that to yourself so why would you do that internally to yourself that's a really interesting I've never yeah I've never heard anyone I've never certainly thought of myself as like that being a kind of almost a form of self-harm but it's, yeah that's a really interesting point um because you can't see your dying organs doesn't mean it's not happening. <laughs> right. I th- yeah, I think I was, I was talking to someone else. I was like, the, the range of substances that are harmful for our body and the range of legislation that's put on them seems so random and chaotic. Like, alcohol is not great for, for many things, right? It's like, yeah, too much alcohol is really bad for you. But all you need is to be over 18 and you can buy as much as you want. Yeah, Whereas, like, marijuana and really soft drugs is, like, completely illegal. And then harder drugs are also completely illegal, much more understandably. But then, you know, I don't know, like, you, you can go down to the corner shop and you need, you know, like, a, a valid reason for buying, I don't know, like, paracetamol or whatever. Or ibuprofen. And yeah, you can buy, like, two kilos worth of Haribos, you know, or, like, instant sugar, or, like, all the unhealthy stuff that you could possibly just shove in your body. And yeah. Go for it. It's, <clears throat> it's almost promoted. It's, like, it seems very chaotic to me. Yeah. So. It definitely is. And I think massively as well, like you were saying sort of at the beginning, about things in moderation... So if you smoke a joint, you are not going to get Alzheimer's and you're probably not going to become schizophrenic, depressed or dependent on weed. If you have a couple of glasses of wine in your dinner, you're probably not going to have a massive hangover or get liver failure or become an alcoholic. Right. If you have a packet of Haribo's, you are not going to get type 2 diabetes. Right. If you have, you know, paracetamol... Is a bit different. Obviously, drug overdoses are on the rise. Kids mainly and like young teenagers taking sort of paracetamol, ibuprofen, and attempts to sort of harm themselves or take their life. Yeah. Um, so I understand sort of moderation with that because it is so easily available. Yeah. That you, you're not gonna eat Haribos and die in one night, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Pack and watch me, man. I'm addicted. <laughs> end up with like gastro like entryosis or something but um 
Yeah, I think like all of those sort of strange laws on things go back to moderation and sort of like sugar. It's it's only been the last ten years that we've sort of decided that sugar is bad for us. Yeah, that's an interesting one for me as well. Um, is to to look at kind of you know diet trends or global trends or sort of health and how rapidly they change or how the big dif- the difference between them is, is vast. Like, not that many years ago, compared to how old the world is, you know, doctors were recommending having a smoke to calm you down. <laughs> I know so many doctors that have a smoke to calm themselves down. <laughs> it's, it's like, holy shit, you know, bloodletting, go for it, man. That's probably... That's probably what we need. We just need to take the blood out of you and you'll be fine. I am. Um, so. I've had problems with my blood pressure recently. Okay. Um, I have something called FMD and it's basically just like a, the easiest way to describe it is like a beating of the artery that leads into my kidney. And because my kidney thinks it's like getting too much blood or not enough blood, it just responds by putting too much aldosterone, I think it is, into my blood. And then it spikes my adrenaline and also raises my blood pressure sometimes it hits like a hypertensive crisis so like last year I was admitted to hospital with blood pressure like 190 over 150 and it's taken a really long time for like to sort of diagnose it especially with coronavirus like they just stopped all appointments for so long but they had to like rule out um sort of lifestyle problems with it and then it's finally been with a really fine detail um, MRI. I think it was a CT scan because they injected me radioactive fluid to find this out with like this whole hypertensive thing. I can't remember my point to this. I had a really good point. Do you ever have a really well structured comparison in your head that you put it in and you try to say it out loud and it just doesn't come? Yeah, I, I was. I was really embarrassing. I was. <laughs> I was going. I was in a car with someone the other day, and I didn't. I barely knew them. As in, we've met once. It's <laughs> always was an awkward like, one. Going for a run, and I went on one, and I was like three minutes in, and I stopped, and I, had, I thought I, I can't rescue this, and I just had to say, I'm really sorry. I told you that story, so I have no idea what I'm going up on about. And then it was like awkward silence for about twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I know. Yeah. I think as well, like, this is a problem with me, like, talking on, like, a podcast or something. I'm so glad you could edit it. And it happens in real life. So I'll hear someone say something or someone will ask me something. And in my head, you know, I'm just thinking about it. But they think I'm, like, they think I've got something wrong with me because I'm just silent. Because I'm trying to, like, you know, just get information and facts together. I want to give a nice, well-structured answer. And so I don't like to, like, speak out of place as well. So yeah, I, like to, I, like, take a while to reply. <laughs> And it's okay over a text, but like when someone asks you something, you just go silent. You look like you have the IQ of a potato. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because I do. <laughs> it's not exactly a surprise for most people. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. Brain freeze quite a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird one. No, you, you were saying about... Um... <laughs> this was it. I remember the point. So, because I was going through these tests, and then yeah. I was in, I was in, actually last week I was in the hospital, and she was putting me through them, and um, like during lockdown we had like a really sad and sort of unexpected family death, and it was really sad, and watching like my mum and my auntie and everyone just being so like, 
sad around me obviously just made me sad it's not a pity party or anything but they were taking on my lifestyle factors and my chances of heart disease the thing that shot up the most apart from like my hypertensive issues um I, I tend to eat quite well but it was like if you feel sad for more than a period of two weeks that massively increases your chances of getting heart disease Really? Yeah. So I like, didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. But that was a point to that really like big waffle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if you have like a really bad breakup and you're really sad for a bit, wow, that's not great. There's a difference between actually being sad and then thinking you're sad though. Yeah? Yeah. But surely there'd be like a level of perceived there, fucking hell, words. Placebo. Where if you think you're sad, your body, like, you know what I mean, will respond, I don't know, biologically in, or whatever, release sad chemicals. <laughs> sad chemicals. Yeah, <laughs> or lack of happy ke- chemicals. <laughs> yeah, no, I suppose it's just putting your body through stress, but, you know, like, some people are just moan all the time, like, oh, my life's so shit, I hate my life, like, yeah. this is so bad, yeah. I'm so depressed, like, you know, I wouldn't say they're, they're like, sad people. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, they are to an extent. <laughs> yeah. But then you get people that just are very low-functioning from these periods of sadness. And I think that's the kind of true sadness she was referring to. Yeah. You know what makes me laugh a lot, Chelsea? It's that <laughs> I'm really lucky in the fact that loads of people I ask you want to chat they're always like yeah and you know i feel really lucky that i can have people to chat to and it's always a great time but every single person i've ever had on which isn't that many i think it's like six or seven um (laughs) i don't know anything about science science isn't my science isn't my thing you know give me the arts you know give me literature or you know classical music or anything to do with human emotion and 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 art form and i'm there give me science I, I could not give you a, I could not give you a clue. Someone had to explain centrifugal force to me the other day. I couldn't get my head around it. It was and you know, I talked to people about like diet and fitness and it's, you know all the stuff with science behind it. And I just it's uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the biggest scam ever. I'm like I don't know what really what I'm on about, but hey. It happens to the rest of us, which is why I'm glad to have intelligent people like Elon. I, well, I didn't even know who Elon Musk was until last week, so please oh, don't bite the gun. But that's that's just social culture. That's not that's not science related. I mean, realistically, I do watch the news, and he's never really been on it. And the, why would I know who he he's is? Kind of in the background, just taking over the world. Very he's casually. very wealthy, though. Like you should. Like, everyone knows who Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is. I watched it, it was actually really um, amazing actually, I'd, I don't know if I'll find it, it was a, it was a TikTok. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love a cheeky TikTok. TikTok is so great, see if you have the right things on your feed, it's so creative and educational, like I have a few surgeons on it and it's really funny and it's amazing to learn about these things. Yeah. Um, and I also have these like uh, Egyptian archaeologists, 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 oh, wow. and it's amazing just like learning about all the tombs and the way things were mummified. It's, I, I rate a bit of TikTok, but it was... I have just cats, lots of cats, lots of dogs. That's it. <laughs> I have a lot of dogs as well. <laughs> um, 
but it was just a TikTok of sort of um, it was time lapse of wealth essentially, and it had like all the different people who have climbed wealth, and Jeff Bezos and e- Elon Musk were just like zoop quicker than this, any. And it's like a bar graph. Yeah. That, like live. Yes. Yeah. I saw. Yeah, I, I thought that was super cool. And yeah, really it was helpful. Like the visualization of it. Yeah, the vi- visualization of sheer. Because you, yeah, you wealth. start off like in the millions. You yeah. Know, and you're like, oh, it's pinging up and down, super cool. And then it goes to like a billion, and then by the end, it's like going up and down by a billion. It's just nothing. You know, yeah. It's like eighty-six, seventy-two, seventy-four, sixty-eight. You know what I mean? And you think, holy fuck, that's like four billion. Like difference, um, yeah. That's another really interesting topic. The idea of wealth distribution, but um, <laughs> I was I'm trying to find the comparison of just how rich a billionaire is. So, yeah, if you wanted to have like a hundred mil million, yeah, you'd have to earn like a hundred thousand pounds a. I can't remember. It was just ridiculous. It does seem unethical for someone to hoard that amount of money, especially someone like Jeff Bezos who cut healthcare for his staff. <laughs> and then sent round an email fundraiser um, during the coronavirus asking you know, all his factory staff to donate to some like food, local food banks in their area. And <laughs> they're on like, what, £7 an hour? Yeah. I keep getting emails from Amazon actually from... Um, I was doing. I was looking for a, a job, um, just at the tail end of Corona, mm. and I applied for the warehouse. Um, there's one over in Bathgate and just sort of outside Glasgow. Yeah. And I applied to it. It's not really what I want to do, obviously, but you know, to be be ideal, it's money coming yeah, into yeah. the bank. But everyone was like, "Don't do it. Like, just don't do it. It's, like, it's so bad. Just don't do it." So I didn't do it because I thought there's no point in going into a job unhappy. I'd rather have no money than sad money. <laughs> and I applied to ages ago, like, I can't remember where I was, like, two years ago, maybe. Um, I was like, same thing, I said, like, oh, I really want a job. And I, I, luckily, I didn't get it, because just sheer quantity. But looking back, I'm like, yeah. There are some things, like, sometimes you just want a load of money in a very short time in order to, like, I don't know, fund an expedition or something cool. But... Uh, I don't think it's ever worth selling your mental health for, if you can avoid it. You know. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Um, Fuck you, Jeff. Yeah, but they're obviously really struggling to hire because they've sent me like emails, being like we've withdrawn you because you've taken too long to reply. We're getting you back in. We can get you transport to come to us. Like that, that, that. Like, no. Really? Yeah. They must really want you. Yeah, I don't think it's just me. I think they just need staff because everyone keeps quitting. We should probably cut all this out about Amazon because we, we we might get assassinated. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Worse. Joe Rogan podcast. They have like, you know, conspiracy theorists on, and they're all good. So I think <laughs> I think we'll be safe. No one knows where you live, right? I mean, this podcast that is being recorded currently on my phone has my address as the um. <laughs> As the title. <laughs> oh, we're recording this live in, in Tibet in, a, in an undisclosed location. <laughs> in a cave. Which, you know Edward Snowden? No. Oh, so 
he's this CIA whistleblower who um, basically exposed that the US government was unlawfully surveilling or having unlawful surveillance on its own citizens or like data breaching their phones so you could so the government could go onto your phone anytime and just see what you're doing which is complete obviously you know it's, it's anti anti or unconstitutional I should say in America uh, excuse me and so he exposed this and became a whistleblower and um, yeah has been uh, an outcast ever since you know, he, he is a fugitive on the run from the US legal system and yeah, ironically yeah. Russia gave him asylum and so he lives in an undisclosed location in Russia um, under their protection just you know writing books about the, the corruption in the US government at a really high level um, which is really cool but he, he goes on the Joe Rogan podcast occasionally and it's so he's always like in this completely black room with just like a light on and it's like to com yeah it's just really strange because he has to completely hide like any kind of location details um yeah super super creepy that's so funny <laughs> well it's not funny but it's funny <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> it's um it's very american yeah extremely to um to try and hunt down your own citizens for being honest about your government. Very American. Not that I have anything against America. I don't, but... <laughs> Did you ever do those, um, you know how you ask for sort of some sports-specific accessory work sort of to improve the flexibility? Yes. yes. Did you ever do them? <sighs> um... No. <laughs> <laughs> That was way back in June, July or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then I ran a garden marathon um, because I thought it'd be a hilarious idea. And it turns out it's just the worst idea ever. And I'm still really extremely impressed like, two with months you. Afterwards, and I couldn't really walk without pain. And then after that, my personal life got really quite tumultuous. I'm quite proud of that word. Um, <laughs> I, did, I read it. Well, someone said it to me the other day, tumultuous. I was like, I need to try and drop that in a conversation somewhere. And it's only taken me an hour to do it. But um, completely aside the point, yeah, my personal life got a bit shaken up. And then, um, yeah, now up here in Aberdeen. Um, and, yeah, I've been working delivery a lot. And so, I, yeah, I should be training for my Ironman next year, which is what I was meant to be doing. And I haven't been. So... I haven't, but I will be doing them soon. Yeah. Six my, months later. Well, my cousin's in Aberdeen and he runs Ironman. He just um, done one um, just after lockdown, actually. Super cool. Whereabouts? Um, oh, I think it was down near, down near Wales, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Probably like the outlaw. He raised £20,000. What's that? He raised twenty thousand pounds for it. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! That's really impressive. Wow. Yeah, I feel like Ironman is not becoming really. more normal, but the amount of people that I meet who do it or like are training for one, I don't know whether that's because it's like we were saying with like um, data bias, right? Is do I know a lot more people? That are doing Ironman because those are the kind of people that I'd hang out with, and so it seems to me like everyone's doing one. Yeah, more. Is it 
just statistically the more people are doing one I don't know absolutely 100% so before I started going to the gym I would see a girl with muscles and be like oh my god that's so weird I've never seen a girl with muscles before like what the hell and now that like where I am I don't know anyone that's like not into fitness yeah so like before I knew nobody that went to the gym and now I don't know anyone that doesn't go to the gym humans are really weird at that yeah surrounding yourself it's completely random I was listening to something the other day this really cool speech and there was a quote in it which I thought was just a really beautiful way of phrasing it and they were talking about like who you hang out with and they were like never hang out with like don't spend time around people or things that compromise your character or who you want to be 100% that's just such a cool way of putting it um, it's like you know if you want to get if you want to get fit, hang out around fit people. Eventually, like it's just there is a level of osmosis to it. Like you will just absorb habits of the people you're around. You're telling uh, me that you are, don't know anything about science yet. You've just hit out with like A level biology, or in fact osmosis. <laughs> that's like more standard grade, but still. Yeah, osmosis. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm quite proud of that. Not gonna lie. Osmosis and tumultuous are the two, two big flexes of my of what what we are now an hour an hour and 20 <laughs> an hour and 12 yeah man craziness okay. all the craziness um can i mention one more thing absolutely of course your insta caption <laughs> i saw it the other night i thought it was really funny life would be tragic if it weren't funny can yeah. you expand on that? Well, that's uh, so Stephen Hawking's one of his finest. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you came up with that. I thought mm. it was brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm extremely flattered, but no, that's uh, Stephen Hawking himself. Let's wrap it up. Um, I've got a question for you. What have you? A kilogram of No, I've got, I've got an actual question for you. Um, <laughs> if someone gave you an envelope mm-hmm. and in it was the date that you die, would you open it? No. No? No. That's in why? Because you have then successfully just put an expiry date on yourself. Yeah. Usually. And that's not something you want. Absolutely not. You're going to live every day in fear rather than optimism, so... I was talking to someone else about, I asked exactly the same question last episode, and they said the opposite. They were like, they would, because then it would motivate them to make the most of the time they've got. But, yeah, interesting. I like it. Concise and succinct. Live every day like it's your last. I love that. I've got a quick quick game for you, actually. For what? A quick game. Okay. Anyone listening to this will probably love it. They'll be using this one. So, I bet you I can make you say no in the next, like, few minutes. Okay. Okay, so, there's a green door, a red door, and a blue door. What one do you open? Green door? There's a cat, a dog, and a cow. What one do you pat first? A cat? Wait, quite good at this. Uh, There's a square, a rectangle, and a circle. What one would you walk through? Circle. Have you done this before? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, I've been I've been trolled. I've been played a brain game. 
I think there was more structure to it, but that was... <laughs> I don't know where the cat, the dog and the cow came from. <laughs> They're quite random. <laughs> <laughs> not too well at FBI questioning, would I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Is there anything you want to plug? No, no, no. Um, Sick. Well, absolute pleasure to talk to you, Josh, as always. Mm, likewise. You'll have to come back and um, update us on the arc and fitness and everything that's going on. Likewise, uh, yeah. hopefully you'll be ready to sail around the world on your bike. Indeed, yeah. You can have to come. You can have to come out and, and visit at some point. I definitely or will. Go to a country that you, takes your fancy. My brother's up in Aberdeen as well, so. Oh, sick! We can, we can do a two birds with one stone. Yeah, we should do a YouTube video. Actually, we should do like endurance athlete versus fitness, or like a weightlifter. I do a load of fun challenges. In fact, that is quite interesting because it would be like perfect for like an aerobic athlete and an anaerobic athlete. Yeah. So you've got two different energy systems that could just compete against each other. I'm in love. It's a date. Let's do it. Love um, it. Take care. You too. Take it easy. Good luck if lockdown happens. Will do. Bye.